what is it between the 10 and 2 time frame? A massive shock shaking most of Southern California like an angry parent shakes a screaming child. Gary Hoffman. Hi, Gary. Gary, my man. Shannon Farron. I like that she's a fighter and that she doesn't give Events in expressing their own opinions regarding them. Gary and Shannon. I cannot in good conscience suggest you for any kind of broadcast employment. What else were you playing at the high rate of volume? No, it's just this. It's just different. No, it was this. It was and this then or what was cover the one, mixes of this. What was the one that I posted on Instagram at Gary and Shannon? That it was, was like a, a cartoon or something. You know, there was a guy named Flula who is a musician, uh-huh. does cover songs using just his voice. I'd like you to pull. I'd like you to pull that up. I'll have to do that in a, in a few Actually, minutes. Actually, I could do it right now on the Instagram <laughs> here. Listen to this. This. I don't know how this will come across. Right. Okay, that's not me. That's that's Flula. No, but that was the level of volume okay. that I was exposed wow. to first thing Monday morning. I pot, I'm kettle. You're loud. There are not times when you come in and you're a little uh, gregarious for what the, the environment calls? That was generous. Yes. Um, well, Monday mornings, I'm usually a little bit more subdued. Try to ease on into the week with some decorum. Is that because you've made mistakes over the course of the last couple of days? Or just because you like to... Mistake is such an ugly word. <laughs> you know who I loved watching this weekend? Uh, Sister... Stormy Daniels. No. Oh. The other way. Go the other way on the spectrum. Sister Jean Dolores Schmidt. Sister Jean that goes to every game for Loyola Chicago. Oh. She's 89 years old. They uh, they branded her. They, they, they've, put, they've got socks now with her likeness on them. Yeah. Um, she's something. They asked her what she gave up for Lent. She said losing. Oh, that's great. She's 89 and she looks like every nun you've ever known. I did. I didn't know a lot of nuns. Oh well, that's clear. What does that mean? You're right. That wasn't very With nice. The big sh- Monday, Martin, and you can find us. Um, you can find that video. You gotta love an 11 seed going to the final four. You know, I would have preferred it was University of Maryland. I think you also wish it was it was that team because you bought the T-shirt. Yeah, which I still haven't seen yet. It's gonna be a while. Because they usually do what, like two hundred orders a year? They do fourteen hundred orders a year. They did thirty three hundred the night that they beat Virginia. Yeah. yeah. So uh you're right. Maybe I have to wait a little while. Uh bottom of this hour, we are gonna get into that Stormy Daniels Anderson Cooper story from last night on sixty minutes. The entire interview uh really was a giant nothing flat burger. And there was Anderson... nothing this and think why are you interviewing this woman with a serious face? It's serious. Yeah. The, the allegations are serious. I and mean, I'm not saying that this is not a story. I'm just saying what what did six trying to get this to go to a civil case and trip him up with lies the way Clinton was tripped up with lying to a, a 
jury, a federal grand jury or whatever it was. I don't know if that's the road they're going down, but yeah, you know, of course, we knew that this guy had affairs. We knew that the affairs were paid off in in the form of settlements and non-disclosure agreements the way that they're done at this level when somebody has that much money. These guys have affairs all the time, NDAs all the time, and and no one ever hears about it, and it's usually consensual and all of that. I just don't see yeah. what they're squirrels. If you're a squirrel person, we have some interesting news about those. If you're guys. a squirrel person. Well, yeah. more we here at this building are sometimes mm-hmm. held captive by a manic squirrel yeah. out with you before. Yeah. Where you physically jumped and dropped your stuff and run back into the building because there's a rustling in the bushes. That squirrel is Amy, uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? The squirrel that lives down there? That squirrel yeah, is but she's sizable. An animal lover, a lover. Not what are you that, so scared of? The size of that squirrel, Amy, it could eat your face. Like it's it a cat is, size? It, yes. It is a very large squirrel. I don't know who feeds it, but somebody feeds it human food. You know who feeds it? It's the people who sit out in that little uh, plaza down there vaping all the time. The smokers? Time. Yeah, they're the ones who are feeding that uh, I think it's the security guys. They feed the squirrel. Squirrel security, and then they can sit there and do nothing. Mm. Well, it's entertainment. I've never, I've never actually seen the whole squirrel. I just see the big tail. The oh, squirrel. Amy, it is so huge. Okay, it's not. It's not. Yeah, it is. It just makes a lot of it's noise. It's this big. Oh, put your hands down, radio. All right, uh, let's talk about what's going on with the Russians. The president has ordered the expulsion of sixty Russians from the United States, adding to this cascade of what we have seen take place over in Europe as well. 14 European member nations announced plans to expel the Russians from their countries. All of this because of Russia's poisoning. I'm sorry. I said it would expel four because they don't want to be that harsh. (laughs) We'll just go with four. Uh, The American expulsion order includes 12 people identified as Russian intelligence officers who've been stationed at the U.N. And this also closes the Russian consulate in Seattle. Um, specifically Seattle, because of naval base in the Seattle area, they wanted to make sure that they closed down the listening post that was described as a consulate, I guess. Um, I think it's interesting, just in terms of the way this has been worded, you mentioned that the intelligence officers were stationed at the U.N. in New York. And when we pull the strings on these uh, expulsions like this, and like uh, President Obama did after the elections, we're kicking out their spies. Are they the best spies? Are they the ones that are flying under the radar? The awkward part about it was last Tuesday was the last time President Trump spoke with Vladimir Putin and didn't mention a damn thing about the poisoning of the former Russian spy in the, in uh, Great Britain. No, I think the point of that call was to congratulate Putin on right. his election victory in a complete sham election. Yes. Congratulations on a 80 percent victory. That's uh That's pretty good, I think, is what the president said. Coming up next, you see those kids over the weekend. That was quite a showing. That uh, led to a lot of comparisons between the marches uh, against the Vietnam War during the draft. We'll talk about it when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Well, I don't know what I don't know, so I kick my shoes off and run. Monday, it's March 26th. How about this? Start your week with a chance to win $1,000. Your shot at $1,000 now. 
text the keyword bank to 200 200 you'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info standard data and messaging rates apply that's bank to 200 200 if you are the winner they will give you a call might be from a number you don't recognize but if you don't answer it well then they'll move on to somebody else who will and they'll give them a thousand dollars bob and canyon country answered the call and he got a thousand bucks your next chance to win is going to be one hour from now in fact you have a chance to win a thousand dollars an hour from five in the morning through seven o'clock tonight monday through friday right here on kfi well, there were hundreds of thousands of people that took to the streets of D.C. and other cities across the country for March for Our Lives rallies over the weekend. I don't know if you saw any of the, the speeches by the kids, but I thought they were really, really well done. Uh, one of the girls who spoke, she was uh, from Parkland, from uh, the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School there, and she threw up on the stage. And her voice was still shaking when she was able to regain her composure and led the crowd in a round of happy birthday in honor of one of the kids who was killed, who would have turned 18 on that day. I didn't see that, but I read that and just reading that gave me chills. Yeah. Uh, There was the girl who had the shaved head who's been one of the more visible figures that has come out of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High and the shooting that happened there. Um, She's the girl who's all about, you know, I'm bisexual, I'm Cuban, I um, am into so many different things, sewing, crochet, anything, keep my hands moving, but all of that changed my life, changed everything that I was used to describe myself, changed when the shooter took all those lives at her school. And... uh, She had one of the more moving uh, speeches there on Saturday um, when she got up on stage, read the list of of the people who were killed in Parkland, and then just stood there silently. And she wanted six minutes and 20 seconds to elapse. That was how long it took for them all to hide in their classrooms when the shots first rang out and for the shots to have stopped. And she wanted to drive home how long that is. You know, we we think about it in terms of an earthquake in California. When we're in an earthquake, it feels like it's an eternity, right? And it's like 25 seconds. Uh, That's the point that she was trying to make, the perspective she was trying to share. uh, I'm heartened by this. uh, Having read a lot of the comments from these kids, it makes perfect sense that they're upset. It makes perfect sense that they're frightened by gun violence. I, I get it. Um. I, I want to see, and I think part of the, the criticism that they're going to receive for all of this is that the message is not cohesive. The, there's there's something to be said about having a specific goal in mind. And when, you, when you're asked, for example, by a TV reporter, if you're on the outskirts of this and you ask the, the 17-year-old from a nearby high school in Virginia, what do you want to happen? And their answer is change. Well, they don't know what it is. They don't serve their. They they, don't, I mean, they don't know they don't what it is at this point. All they it. know is that they're frustrated. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, when you look back at the Vietnam era protests, you know, there were those, what, nine years that the draft was used where 2.2 million Americans, I believe, were sent 
to Vietnam uh, through the draft. That was out of a pool of, I think, 27 million. But there was this feeling back then, from what I've read, that they didn't have control over their lives. That people did not have control. And who was going to be next? Who was going to be drafted next? Was it going to be your brother or your cousin or your boyfriend or your best friend? You know, who was going to be next? You just didn't know. And I think I saw a lot of the same messaging over the weekend in these March for Our Lives protests. Who's going to be next? I don't know, but I have no control over it. You know, that kind of a thing. They yeah. don't have any control over it because the, because of the laws being the way that they are and because of the prevalence of guns. I mean, the, the, we've talked about it. Even if they passed a, a whole bucket of, of laws, there would still be an oversaturation point in this country with uh, with the the types of rifles that have been used in these shootings. I don't have a problem with kids being politically active like this, and I don't have a problem with them gathering and showing their strength like they did over this weekend. Uh, I just want them to make sure that they've got plans in place. They they know what they're talking about. There are a few of the people who have been like Emma Gonzalez that you pointed out. David Hogg is another kid who is uh, he was the one accused of being the uh, uh, the actor that went around and and supposedly anyway. There's a couple of high-profile kids who have been very clear and eloquent about what they want to happen and the, the changes that they want to see. They run the risk of running out of energy, though. And I, I would hope for them that they clarify their message, they keep it on point, and then use the capital that they've gained, unfortunately, because their friends were killed, but use that capital and use it wisely. They certainly seem to be having a lot of momentum. This is the most momentum we've seen uh, about gun control more than. And, you know, you wonder if it was one thing after another. You know, it was just Sandy Hook. And if it was just Sandy Hook alone, maybe nothing would get done. But it was Sandy Hook. And then it was Vegas. And then it was Marjorie Stoneman. And I know I'm missing a hell of a lot of them. But I'm thinking of the, the big, big, ones, yeah. big ones that real hit real hit, were gut checks and pulse and all that. And. Uh, it it seems to like it was just like a ball rolling, picking up momentum, you know, and this may be the one, you know, this may be the turning point, but we just won't know until maybe midterms. Maybe this is a maybe this is a topic that we see play out or even later than that, because some of these kids aren't going to turn 18 and they're not going to have the right to vote until three, four five years down the road. Right. But are people listening? Are people that are running for elected office listening to the voters of tomorrow? Here's what I would also say, just to be a tiny bit skeptical of all of this. I would warn those kids, politicians will use you. And you have to be careful. Regardless of what party. No, no, no. I mean, mean, regardless of which party you're talking about or who you want to snuggle up to or who you think is showing you the greatest. uh, the greatest attention right now, they will use you in but an attempt to maybe get reelected. It's them using the lawmakers because that's all they have. As long as they have the power to do it, then that's fine. Yeah. No, I like that. I, I like that. You know, we've railed against slacktivism as long as we've been on the air together. We've railed against hashtagging things and then not doing anything about it. Like that's the way that you're going to stay, you know, fight your, your, your fight. Right. Um, these were kids that worked damn hard to get this done and kids that were working around the clock to put this together. This was, this was not a bunch of adults that are, are using the kids to further their message. They did the work on this and that's very impressive. Uh, the whole stormy Daniel, Stephanie Clifford thing last night on 60 minutes gave 60 minutes, the best ratings they've had in 10 years. And it turned out to be nothing. I think the, the big winner last night was the Milwaukee bucks. 
Let's yes. Explain why. <laughs> Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. Gary and Shannon, we told you earlier about the Trump administration expelling dozens of Russian officers and shutting down the consulate in Seattle in response to the attack on the former spy in Britain. We'll get into that a little bit more about 1230 when we jump into Swamp Watch. It looks like cable news networks and Anderson Cooper have launched uh, (laughs) quite the effort to get President Trump potentially wrapped up in a civil case and then maybe deposed and caught lying under oath. That's the only thing I can think of why they're not letting the Stormy Daniels thing go. Because the fact that he had sex with a porn star 10 years ago, we asked while he was a married while he was married doesn't seem to be of any interest to most of America. But if they can get him wrapped up in a civil case, if lawyers can depose him and open up that Pandora's box of questioning, He could hang himself with his own words. And we all know that Bill Clinton was impeached for lying under oath. Here is a little bit of last night's uh, interview from 60 Minutes, Anderson Cooper and uh, Stephanie Clifford. I realized exactly what I'd gotten myself into. And I was like, oh, here we go. (laughs) And I just felt like maybe uh, it was sort of I had it coming for making a bad decision for going to someone's room alone and. I just heard the voice and I, well, you put yourself in a bad situation and bad things happen. So you deserve this. And you had sex with him? Yes. Now, the interesting thing I thought is right off the bat, she was clear to say, this is not a me too thing. I wasn't a victim here. I was, a, this was a consensual act, although I may not have wanted to because she wasn't, she said that she wasn't attracted to the guy. Um, this was a, this was a consensual act. Now, it goes beyond the act itself. She said that she had been threatened by some unknown man while she was living in Vegas, uh, that she got the $130,000 from the president's uh, personal lawyer just before the election, that she explained why it is she denied three times that she had a, a physical affair with this guy. Um, but again, what, what's the what are we what are we learning here? What, what, what are we learning from this interview last night? Nothing. It's all about lawyers trying to get him, catch him in his own lies. Do you remember? That's just, all it's got to be about. Just uh, a couple of weeks ago, the the guy that I can't remember his name now, the guy that the president fired, uh, who showed up and did that round of interviews, just hammered out of his mind. Oh, gosh. I don't remember and, his name and, either. And Aaron Burnett. Nunberg. Thank you. Sam Nunberg. Sam Nunberg. Uh, and Aaron Burnett asked him on camera. OK, wait a minute. I got to be honest with you. There have been people who have said, you look hammered, and I can smell alcohol on your breath, right? Mm -hmm. So last night in this interview, there was one thing specifically that that caught my ear. This was was Anderson Cooper uh, going into the details of the actual first time that that Donald Trump supposedly had sex with Stormy Daniels after after a day on the golf course in Lake Tahoe. Did you two go out for dinner that night? No. You had dinner in the room? Yes. What happened next? I asked him if I could use his restroom, and he said yes. You know, it's through the you know through the bedroom. You'll see it. So I I excused myself and I went to the the restroom. You know, I was in there for a little bit and came out, and he was sitting. Okay, he's sitting on the bed, ready to go. Um, 
she just does this thing where she kind of waves her hands back and forth. I was in there for a little bit. And I would ask if I was Anderson Cooper, what'd you, what'd you do? Because the first thing I thought of was she's doing a couple of lines of blow in well, there. Well, that's what Richard Gere thought was going on with Julia Roberts, but she was just flossing her teeth to get the strawberry seeds out. Okay. I think that this is not the appropriate time to compare this to pretty women. Pretty woman. Women? Woman. Little women, pretty woman. Got it. Very but, different movies. So I, I, don't, I don't know if she has a history of drug use or not. Yeah, but, no, I don't know. But, but her my, pupils were well, dilated. My wife pointed out last night, yeah. the only thing bigger than her knockers on that set were her pupils. She's, uh, it, it looks like a method of cocaine thing to me, like the, when your pupils are dilated that big. But it's irrelevant, right? Well, it doesn't change her story right. at all. But it, I mean, gives you an idea of what we're dealing with here. Now, what if, what if she can sue and what if uh, she can tell her story? She already has. It doesn't like, matter. There's, there's her, nothing new. Hoff, her story is does not matter. All that matters is what they're able to get Donald Trump to vocalize in that deposition if it comes to a civil case. They can ask him a wide range of questions. There's no scope. They can they can ask him about that threat. They can ask him about the the money they pay. Like there's so much stuff that they could get him on that would be that would classify a lie under oath yeah. that that's what they're hoping to do did you see hit her lawyer michael avenatti yeah that guy looked like a complete dirtbag yeah and the one line that so oh, he's that, totally hid bodies that one line that sewed it up for me was when anderson cooper said something like well that kind of sounds like a bluff like you're, you're pretending like you have all this information and you might not is that a bluff and he looks at Anderson Cooper and says something along the lines of, why don't you ask all the other people I've been in cases against when they thought I was bluffing? Right. Okay. Easy, he did kind easy, of look like easy. Michael Keaton in Batman. It just, okay. I get it. Like, okay, you're a tough guy. You're, you're taking down the big ogre now. Okay. But that's what all you right. have to be when you're a bulldog lawyer like that. You um, know? The, super scummy. The lawyer for the lawyer the lawyer for Michael Cohen, Michael Cohen is the uh, personal lawyer who's accused of sending Stormy Daniels the $130,000 right before the election. The lawyer for Michael Cohen sent an email to Michael Avenatti denying that Cohen was responsible for sending the mystery thug who supposedly threatened Stormy Daniels. Uh, and it has ordered, uh, or I guess written a cease and desist letter to Stormy Daniels, to Michael Avenatti saying, if you don't Shut up. We're going to sue you for 20 million bucks. Or, I mean, it's to the point where it's just ridiculous. And Anderson Cooper, I kind of feel like needs to be needs to start looking at himself in the mirror and saying, you know what? I'm going to stop doing interviews with former playmates and and uh, porn actresses in here's, an attempt to make news. Here's here. the thing. That interview did not further their goal. If it if it's the goal to, to catch Trump lying and, and it to be the cover up, not the crime. As, as what gets so many people, this interview did not further that goal. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it was another day of keeping it in the news, maybe a bigger pl- profile on 60 Minutes than, you know, the middle of the day on CNN. But it's about what the attorneys, what magic the attorneys can work. Yeah. The, the story itself, the interview went on three segments, I think. It ended and it was like a big, empty nothing. It sucked the air out of the room, but there was no conclusion to it. And then they go on to the story about the Milwaukee Bucks third-year player, Giannis Akintepidis. I love that guy. Who is an amazing athlete with a great story, 
And I'm telling you, they sold more Milwaukee Bucks Atendendopolis jerseys that night than anybody cared about the Stormy Daniels yeah. stuff. I'm going to be a, a Milwaukee Bucks fan. I literally thought that last night watching it. Yeah. I went, oh, my gosh, what a neat story. And, and it's great that it's, I mean, it's a small town, and this kid from Greece, you know, his parents are from Nigeria, feels more comfortable in, in Milwaukee, making $22 million a year, renting yep. a two-bedroom place, yep. living with his mom. And he's like, I'm good. Exactly. I don't need the Didn't big city. Like I don't perspective? Have the Some guys are much happier, not in places like L.A. Milwaukee, I don't know if that would be on my list, though, you know? If I didn't live here, would I live? Would, will, would Milwaukee be the top three in the top three? Maybe. I think I'd do like the coast of Oregon. Beer and brats. Come on. Yeah, you can get that anywhere, though. Not, you know, not like Any Milwaukee. football game. Uh, Facebook is apologizing. Mark Zuckerberg has taken out full-page ads in something called newspapers to apologize for uh, dropping the ball. Talk mm. about that when we come back. Isn't that kind of rich? That Facebook is going to newspapers right. to get attention? All right. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Next hour. Get into the story about Gavin Newsom. He has a wish. One election wish. Might surprise you what it is that he wants to see out there on the campaign trail. It's not it's not a 55-gallon drum of brill cream. <laughs> Facebook. Thank you. Facebook uh, took out a newspaper ad. Uh, for those of you who don't know what a newspaper is, imagine like an uh, a very thin iPad. It's like the internet on a piece of paper. Yeah, but it doesn't change. I mean, you can't swipe it. It's still there. And it's like news you read four days ago, uh, but you just got it this morning. Yeah. But, hey, the good news is you can always go back and read it again. Um, Facebook took out newspaper ads in the United States and Britain yesterday, hoping uh, hoping to salve its wounds, perhaps. They had the signature of Mark Zuckerberg there right down at the bottom. It says in big letters, we have a responsibility to protect your information. If we can't, we don't deserve it. I don't understand Facebook turning to newspaper full-page ads to reach as many people as possible. Doesn't I... Facebook read the news about what <laughs> Facebook's doing to newspapers? Doesn't Facebook read Facebook? <laughs> uh, yes, but I, I would imagine that this is just a... I, I don't even know. I, I can't imagine that somebody in Facebook PR was like, hey, we're missing a great opportunity to right. tap into an untapped resource <laughs> right. by hitting a newspaper. Yeah. The only seems... thing I would think is, hey, it's cheap. Well, there's that. Some Android cell phone users have been noticing that Facebook saved a virtual trove of all their personal call data that extends back years. Very detailed personal metadata, uh, call logs containing names, phone numbers, the length of each call made. What could possibly go wrong? I I think we're going to see a small but vibrant business opportunity for people who used to work at Facebook in their security and privacy divisions coming forward with information about how to make sure that your stuff is legitimately private on Facebook. I mean, the only way to be 100% certain 
is to delete it and be done with it and never use it again. But people have been become so addicted to Facebook and other social media sites and apps that they don't want to get rid of it. So I would imagine that there would be sort of a, a bumper crop of former Facebook workers who would be willing to, uh, you know, allow you to contract their services and coach you through privacy things. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's going by the way of uh, an old toy that you used to play with a lot and now just pick it up maybe once a week or something and go, oh, yeah, I remember when I used to play with Oh, that's what's going on with this toy? Oh, interesting. Okay. Because are you going to Facebook as much as you used to? Well, I, w- I never spent hours on it a day yeah. in the beginning. I mean, I still use it. I'm not going to lie and say that I don't look at it. Um, but I said this a couple of days ago. I don't I don't I'm not super active on it personally. I mean, I don't spend a lot of time with my, you know, showing pictures of my kids or happy anniversary to my wife and writing a nice long poem to her so that everybody can see how much I love her. That's not that's yeah. not my speed. No, thank God, because we'd have to have a, one of those. <laughs> Come to Jesus talks uh, or I sit you down and I say, listen, I know you really love your wife, but, but are you, you... go tell her, right? We don't need to have, you know, your love on display for all of Facebook to, to sift through. Yeah. You know who would have done that? Kobe Bryant would have done that. Right. Instead of a he $7 million dollar ring. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, to me, that would have, it's just, it's weird that when people share that much information about the love of their life. Hey, you want to you wanna laugh? You want something to do on this Monday morning to put a smile on your face? Go to KFIAM640.com, our page, Gary and Shannon, and read the round two Baby Animal March Madness breakdown. Oh, RJ's of what done happened. it again. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It made me smile for a long time when I read this this morning. <laughs> the word we used last week for round one was upset. Round two has earned a nickname of its own, Blowout. That's how it starts. Anyway, uh, so the the voting for round three has begun in our baby animal bracket. Your opportunity to vote. Go to KFIAM640.com. Use the keyword Gary and Shannon. More of the Gary and Shannon show right after this. Gary and Shannon, KFIAM640. Trump administration slapping a bunch of Russians on the on the wrist, expelling them. Sixty Russian officers will get all the latest about this coming up in Swamp Watch Big in deal. about an hour and a half. Big deal. Last night was the 60 Minutes interview with Stormy Daniels. Um, her recollection of what had happened with the president many many years ago, 11 years ago, I think it was. And uh, it also comes out, of course, that. She's capitalizing on her publicity now. She's extending her strip club tour mm. uh, and has, I guess, uh, has a naked webcam for fourteen ninety nine. Hey, how old is she? 30s? 39? Oh. Yeah, she's 39. What age do you age out of? Hey, no. There's a lid for every pot. Okay. There's a lid for every pot. Coming up also in the next hour, did you hear about what kids are getting high on now? It's not Tide Pods. Life. Nope. Not even It's life. not that either. No. All right. Bad. But we start with a true crime story locally. This is this missing aspiring model and actress. Adea Shabani, last seen at about 11 in the morning, February 23rd, uh, near Wilcox Avenue, somewhere between Hollywood Boulevard and Franklin Avenue, not too far away from where she lived. 
and she was last seen with her luggage and her boyfriend. And then no one has seen her since. The boyfriend is the person of interest in the case. And at about 8.45 on Thursday, cops started chasing him. This was south on the uh, on uh, the 15 in Hesperia. And he leads him on a chase. He goes to Corona. He comes to a stop. And he kills himself. So a lot of questions died. Uh, a lot of answers to the questions died with him. So now they're looking for her body somewhere between Hollywood and Sacramento. That, I when I read that, I've driven from Hollywood to Sacramento. Sure. That's a lot of space. Oh, there's so much. Yeah. I mean, the one thing they could potentially do is track the guy's cell phone to see where and when he went, uh, if those records are still accessible. But Christopher Spots, this 33-year-old guy, is, is the boyfriend that is now, you know, on ice somewhere. She uh, was 25. They're saying that they everyone believes she's dead. I mean, this is a girl that's on social media all the time. Uh, there's no no trace of her since the 23rd when she was seen with her luggage there in Hollywood. Uh, she had been in Los Angeles for less than two years, came here to be a model and an actress. She's from Macedonia. Her mother has flown in from Europe, has offered up a $25,000 reward for information. She says of her daughter, she has so much light in her. She's very goal-oriented. She's always reaching for the stars. She doesn't believe there's anything she can't reach. There is, um, uh, the family has not only put up a $25,000 reward, they've hired a private investigator as well to try to, to get into this. Here's a, a sidelight to this story or a tangent to this story that may be the only clue, uh, the only live clue that they have. In that chase, where at the end the guy ended up uh, eating the business end of a handgun, he stopped at one point to let out a passenger who was in the car with him. And I'm having a hard time finding any information about that person. I can't find anything about it. Yeah. But obviously the investigators and the police, the ones chasing, who at the time I think at some one point was San Bernardino County and it was handed over to the CHP, they're going to pick up that person and find, uh, you know, that they might have some information about where this woman is, Adia Shabani. Whether she's dead or not, I don't know. But this has just got to be one of those heartbreaking stories for the family to know that the one guy who may have had all of the answers is now dead. I mean, having taken his own life, which is not a usual uh, response to my girlfriend's gone. I I was fascinated by the amount of coverage that this case got over the weekend. I know that she, it was a missing model, missing actress. And I'm saying, well, what actress are they? My husband's talking about it. Oh, gee, what happened with that actress? I'm like, what actress? What what are we talking about here? And part of it is just because the news outlets put things like missing model or missing actress in their headlines. So you're like, oh, who's missing? And you click, right? Right. Uh, Which just, I don't know. And the other part of it is look at her. She's a pretty blonde girl, you know. There's, I'm sure there's cases of women who go missing and their boyfriends kill them every day, and we never hear about them because they don't look like this. I don't know. Yeah, and I, how many of these 
I mean, how many of them just turn out to be, you know, uh, a girl runs away because she wants to get away from a boyfriend or she wants to get away from her family and just goes and disappears? Or the lights of Hollywood are too bright for her. She can't handle the pressure, doesn't want to handle the fame. She ends up in Santa Barbara or Santa Maria or something like that working at a subway. Right. I mean, remember when the the Bachelorette uh, or or the Bachelor, one of the girls on, on the show was reported missing by her mother in Fresno? And she turned up on The Bachelor. <laughs> she was in Humboldt. She was on a pot farm for a while yeah. or something like that. Or that's where mom thought she was, and she couldn't find her after that. Just this, this yeah. It's a very, very strange. It's terrible when young girls hook up with guys who are, are terrible for them. It happens a lot. Um, again, police are going to be looking for what they believe. They're looking for a body at this point, and they're going to be looking for this body between Hollywood and Sacramento. Now, said they have some leads in Sacramento or possibly somewhere around there. But like you said, there is a lot of open space between Hollywood and Sacramento. A lot of real estate in there. All right. Uh, A bunch of stuff still coming up on the show, including uh, squirrels have gone wild in some coastal cities. We'll talk about that and also a, a, a PSA to tell you about. Kids need to stop finding ways to get high. It's time we go back to the old feel good about yourself and get high on life, kids. Did that ever work? No. Okay. But why not bring some That was just so Nancy Reagan of you. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, We are going to get into Swamp Watch as well and talk more about the Russians that have been expelled as a result of the poisoning of a former spy in Britain. Why this is a significant step in our relationship or lack thereof between uh, the United States and Russia. And... Your chance to win $1,000 coming up. Brought to you by Cunning Dental. You got some bleeding gums Mm. or poo mouth? You call Cunning Dental for a free exam. 888-640-SMILE. Keep listening. We'll tell you how you can win. Coming up right next, you're going to get infuriated when we tell you the latest with the homeless problem around here. Gary and Shannon will continue. To win some money, listen up. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. And make sure you answer the phone because they're going to call you. It's going to be a number you don't recognize, but if you don't answer, you don't win the money. Your next chance to win is next hour. You've got a chance to win $1,000 once an hour right here on KFI, 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. That's Monday through Friday. Well, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to jump into the governor's race and tell you what it is that Gavin Newsom is wishing for, crossing his fingers, rubbing his uh, rubbing his head. Rubbing his head? I just want to run his fingers. Like a Buddha belly or something? Yeah. Uh, what it is that he is wishing for. Well, listen. We've talked about the absolute handcuffed paralysis that local and county governments have shown when it comes to the homeless problem in the state of California, specifically here in Southern California. But up in Sacramento, it doesn't get any better. The homeless population continues to grow. In fact, in the last two years, the numbers show that the state's homeless population has risen 16 percent. And we have billions of do- with a B, billions of dollars that the state has allocated to spend on the homeless problem, and it's tied up in red tape. The state and federal government have done nothing but throw money at the problem. 
But because so many cooks are in the kitchen, so many people's hands are in the pot, it's all disorganized mess. It's exactly it's exactly what bureaucracy does when you're talking about state government and how convoluted it can be to spend money. Uh, in 2016, California approved its largest homeless program. It was a $2 billion loan to finance new housing. That money is tied up in litigation right now. Uh, also in 2016, lawmakers allocated $35 million for rental assistance and emergency shelters. But that money hasn't been spent because of staff shortages in the housing department. Then there was last year, last year when people were still crying about the homeless problem and what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Hand wringing here. Uh, the legislation included more than one million, hundred million, excuse me, more than a hundred million for programs to help the homeless. But the state has not spent one penny of that until maybe this fall. <laughs> the federal government pumped about $100 million annually over the past four years to an agency that just covers much of L.A. County. It, it, and the, the amount of money that is tossed at this pro- program, problem is asinine. It seems like there's plenty of money out there to fix the problem, or at least Address solve, uh, solve the problem. Maybe, maybe just reverse the numbers so that we don't see the homeless population rise uh, 10% year over year. But just to give you an example of how confusing it is, because there are six different state departments involved in spending the money to try to get some sort of homeless solution out there, officials with the Department of Finance and the Department of Housing and Community Development tried last month to explain to lawmakers on one of the committees, so the Assembly Committee on Budget, how the state was going to spend its money. And they start naming programs like the the Save Homeless People program in L.A. County. And the, the lawmakers are going through their their line item uh, budget here, and the programs aren't even showing up in the budget. Right. Like the right hand does not know what the left hand is doing. It's It's clear. And the thing is, to take a step back and just sort of look at the macro on this, why are we continuing to elect the same people to do the same damn stuff all the time. I mean, we look at this problem and we can't figure out how to spend the billions of dollars or how to keep it out of the courts or how to keep it out of the red tape to actually get it to where it needs to go. But we might as well just go vote for the same people over and over Instead again. Why of not? organizing the mess, they keep putting their political willpower toward getting more tax dollars to be allocated to the homeless problem. See, instead of instead of organizing the room, instead of uh, okay, let, let's put it. Let's give you this analogy: a kid has a messy room. Clothes are everywhere. Right. There's clothes on top of the dresser and on the floor. You can barely see the carpet. And instead of cleaning up the room and washing and hanging up the clothes, the the girl is going out and spending more money on on more clothes. It's like no, no, no. Let's see what we've got here. Let's clean this up. Let's put everything where it should be. And see if we can address the problem of what to wear tomorrow before we go out and spend more money. Right. That's a good analogy, actually, because uh, I live with someone like that. Um, under under Governor Brown, the housing department alone spent nearly $750 million fighting homelessness. Um, and anytime the legislature creates a new program, it takes time to figure out the most efficient way to spend the money. This is This is partially ridiculous. The idea that we know where some of this money needs to go. Uh, As we've seen in Orange County over the last couple of months, 
there needs to be people who are out there in the streets, in these tent cities, in the riverbeds, under the bridges, in the overpasses, wherever homeless people have been gathering and finding a spot to, to pitch their tents. We need people in there to ask them, what is it that you need and how can we get you out from under this bridge? The state then has to figure out which of the services to break it up into three different groups or five different groups, whether you've got veterans who are addicted or you've got people who are uh, criminals who are out of prison, who have no place to go. We've got to figure out specific sets of areas and uh, problems that need to be addressed and fix that. But the idea that the, the legislature can't figure out where to spend the money seems a little bit ridiculous. Do we need a homeless czar yes. for the state? We need somebody who's very good at making lists and sorting out messes to go in and just sit down with the heads of the department and just figure this out. Because right now it's complete madness. When you look at how much money has been allocated to this problem and not even spent yet, well, you don't even know what to do with it. Here's the thing. It's not like you need more money now. No, you I mean, don't. Phil Ting out of San Francisco, chairman of the Budget Committee, he wants to spend a billion and a half dollars of our $6 billion tax revenue windfall on solving the homeless problem. Wait, wait, Phil, Phil, listen, you've got plenty of money now. Let's figure out where this money is going to go before you start asking for another billion and a half dollars to just get gummed up in the works again. Phil. Phil. Ting. I think Phil was actually the name that we gave the squirrel downstairs. I didn't know we had named him. I don't remember what his name was, his given name. You call him Boogeyman. I call like him, him. Uh, I call him Fat. But <laughs> he is. We'll do a squirrel story Porky. coming up uh, before the end of the hour. Um, but we're going to get into the governor's race, give you an update on that and why it is that Gavin Newsom has a, a one specific wish that he wants to see in November. Talk about that when we come back to the Gary and Shannon show. Gary and Shannon. Well, we got a couple of months before we see a primary in our election for the next governor of the state of California. And then, of course, November, we will go to the polls. And the top two in the primary will move on to the general election. Um, if you were to trust the polls right now, Gavin Newsom would be one of those two. He is uh, he is in charge. He's leading right now. Um Right now, also, I think John Cox has moved into second place, a Republican. Well, he dumped a bunch of his own money into his campaign, $3 million, I think. So he was able to buy himself up a spot. That's nice. I mean, that's a good way to go. Yeah, but is it if you're a Republican running for governor in 2018 in California? I mean, it's just kissing your, your $3 million goodbye. I mean, when Meg Whitman dumped a bunch of money, we didn't have the polarization in this state. Yet, I mean, it was there. It's It's been a solidly blue state for a long time. But now, even more so, there's no way in hell a Republican would be elected governor in California unless the Democrats split all the votes. Which could happen. I mean, unless we get to the unless we get to the primary and you've only got Gavin Newsom against John Cox, they're going to obviously go for the uh, the one with the slicker hair in this case. But 
According to uh, Public Policy Institute of California poll, Gavin Newsom has 28 percent of likely voters indicating they'd vote for him in the June primary. That's up 23 uh, up from 23 percent in February. Viragosa fell down, actually. Um, John uh, Cox favorability doubled, climbing from 7 percent to 14 percent, according to the poll. So according to this, Gavin Newsom, John Cox and then Antonio Viragosa and then people like uh, John Chung and Travis Allen and Delaney Easton. So. This is an interesting, uh, an interesting look into what it is that Gavin Newsom might want in all of this. He would much rather have that old-fashioned Republican versus Democrat general election matchup than have to go up against Antonio Villarigosa or even John Chung or Delaney Easton. The, the thing is, um, it's going to help. It's going to be hard for them to keep out of the runoff, according to John Cox's uh, campaign manager. He says, we're going to, you know, since we've picked up five points, if we pick up another five, it's almost a solid guarantee that you're going to have a Democrat and a Republican. I think that's better for the process, by the way. This recent Public Policy Institute of California poll had some other interesting things that it found. Um, This one's not a shocker. Latino voters more likely to support Villaraigosa over Newsom, with white voters more likely to support Newsom. Uh, U.S. Senator Dianne Feinstein, well ahead State Senator Kevin DeLeon, as she goes for her fifth full term in Congress. She's leading him 42 percent to 16 percent. If the election were today, a majority of likely voters, 53 percent, said that they would vote for the Democratic candidate. I thought that was a little low in California. It does seem kind of low. Half of Californians approve of Governor Brown's job performance. 30 percent of Californians approve of Trump's job performance. A narrow majority of voters favor the construction of the high-speed rail system. 53 percent for it. 43 percent against it. I wonder how many of the 53% who are for it realize it would not be a high-speed rail, that it would be slow speed, it would take four and a half hours to get from L.A. to San Francisco, and it would cost $63 each way. How many people know the particulars? How many people just think, oh, high-speed rail, get to San Francisco in an hour? I love it, because that's just not what the reality is. It's They believe that it's like soaring over California. Yes. the old uh, The old California adventure ride. It's not like that, and it's frustrating that people cannot pull their heads out Wouldn't of Wouldn't that ass. be cool if we could take Soren over California to San Francisco? Well, we can. It's just not actually it's a southwest San Francisco. flight? Yeah. Oh. Uh, and in this case, I mean, we can take high-speed rail from L.A. to San Francisco. It's just not L.A., it's not San Francisco, and it's, and it's not, not high-speed. High you know, there's some simple things we have to get over, but once you, uh, once you start lying to yourself like this, you might as well just uh, go all in. Why not? Uh, so this will be interesting. I think the uh, the important things to remember in the public policy poll, the public policy institute poll, is that they do break down registered voters and likely voters. And some of the numbers do shift when you get from registered voter to likely voter. Uh, registered voter is anybody. I mean, anybody who can who can rub two brain cells together and, and register to vote. Likely voters is a different uh, a different category. They tend to be a bit older. They tend to be a bit more conservative. So I think some of the numbers do change when you get into the likely voters. And then, of course, it's all a crapshoot until you get to the first week of November anyway. So 
who the hell knows? I mean, some of these numbers are going to fluctuate quite a bit between now and the primary, and then anything between June and November is kind of a crapshoot. So we'll, we shall see. Um, I, I do, I do like the idea though. Just on the heels of what we were talking about with the billions of dollars in state money that is tied up in courts that should go to homeless people. Two-thirds of likely voters say they support the state's $3 billion affordable housing bond, which is going to go before the state in November. I wonder, I, and I've always wondered this. When we go back to the high-speed rail bonds that passed and all the bonds that we talk about, do, if people know how that works, if people understand what it is that we're doing when we're voting in favor of bonds like this, we're borrowing money and we're paying back a pantload of money in the future. So it's just it doesn't work when you do it for yourself, when you put everything on your credit card and then realize five years down the road you got $40,000 in debt and you don't remember what you paid for. I was just checking up on what uh, Viragos has been up to. So I went to his Twitter profile. He's only got 17,000 followers. Gavin Newsom, 1.5 million. Viragosa doesn't seem to be trying very hard on the social media game. That's bizarre. Isn't it? Don't you think he would have people for that? Yeah, plus I am curious as to, yeah, who is staffing the Viragosa social media sites, uh, the social media office, if there is one? Oh, hey, look, uh, CNN has yet another uh, former oh, for uh, adult actress God. on right now. She's uh, She seems nice. She was actually, she's not a former adult actress. She writes, or she's a... Uh, She's an adult film star. Oh, she is an adult. She's a film. friend of Stormy Daniels. She's the one. She that hasn't seen about. an adult film. Uh, she hasn't seen a, a, a "I Want You in My Adult Film" casting notice for a good twenty years. Nice way of putting it. She, I, um, I was trying real hard. <laughs> she was the one who was in uh, "Don't." Uh, it's okay. It's my mother-in-law. Oh, part forty-nine. Yes, that's the one. Uh, you you really went down a hole that day. I'm sorry. Of. Movie titles. Oh, movie titles, yes. All right, when we come back, we'll cleanse our palates with a little bit of a... Please, squirrel (laughs) violence. Squirrels are going nuts! Oh, boy. We got to get that fat squirrel downstairs up here one day. And do run down and do an interview with him before we... uh... Squirrels are going nuts. I'll be able to see him from up here because he's so big. Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. Gary and Shannon. Uh, top of the hour, we'll get into all of our uh, trending stories. Next hour, we still have a, another $1,000 we're going to be giving away. But first, mm. a gas PSA. This is all about ground squirrels. Ground squirrels are nasty. Did you know that ground squirrels, those cute little guys with the bushy tails that go <laughs> when they chirp at you, they can carry the plague? Oh, absolutely. The plague. Right. You thought rabies were bad. Don't Google the plague images. Because <laughs> you can't unsee that? Yes. Right. Okay. Cannot. The squirrel population in San Diego County along the coast is just booming. So much so that the animals have lost their fear of humans. They're going right up to people. They're looking for food. The squirrels confronting you face to face. You may not feed the squirrels. 
Is that a rule? Yes. Oh. Feeding the squirrels contributes to their overpopulation. It makes them brave. It makes them brazen. And apparently it makes them horny. It makes them breed. Because they breed. They They get fed and then they get some squirrel tail. It doesn't also it doesn't just have to be you feeding them. Sometimes trash can provide the meal for the animals. Whether you do it accidentally or you neglect and leave your half eaten peanut butter sandwich on the table. Ice plant can be a meal for the squirrels. I hate ice plant. You've never eaten ice plant. I know, I just hate ice oh, plant. Oh, you do? Like You don't like the look of it? I just as a kid I remember falling into ice plant uh-huh. and it just felt Squishy. Weird. Yeah, you don't like the consistency of it. Uh, (laughs) I'm terrified of ice plants uh, and sunflowers. Squirrels can carry fleas. I mentioned they can carry the plague in a few rare cases. Sometimes when they burrow into hillsides, they can can, uh, erode fragile bluffs. Mm, Not the erosion of the fragile bluffs. So what, what do you do? I mean, you either ignore them. Well, they have used toxic bait to kill the squirrels. Bad idea. Bad idea. But then the squirrel lovers, they go up in arms. Well, it's not just that, but if my dog eats a squirrel that has been poisoned, oh yeah. then my dog gets poisoned. Right. Well, your dog shouldn't be going around eating squirrel. Well, we haven't had squirrels in our yard for years because the dog they know the dog runs them away. We had one tree in the backyard that had a squirrel nest in it. We had the tree taken out. You can't trap them. They they say you really need an integrated program to keep the population down. So you really need to get the public to cooperate. Don't feed the squirrels. Control your garbage. Which is weird. They say the same thing when you go to Yosemite, don't they? But they say it there for bears. Yes. Um, The California ground squirrel is native. They were there long before California was here. I mean, they've been there since long before these parks were created. And if left alone, they avoid us, humans, that is. And the population takes care of itself. I mean, they're they're feasted upon by normal predators, hawks, bobcats. I'm sure cougars get in there as well. But when we feed them and provide them with an abundant food source in our trash, etc., then that's where the problems come in. The, the, one... the California ground squirrel's mating season is in early spring. So we are in mating season for the squirrels. Do you think that's why this guy the, is yeah, so aggressive? I do. I, I do. Because he has started Porky. We'll call him Porky because he is rather large. Porky downstairs there has been really hyperactive within the past couple weeks. Remember last week when we went out there and he was in that bush? And all you could hear was the bush rattling yeah. very uh, Aggress- aggressively. Yeah. Do you think he had another squirrel in there? No, I don't think so. But I don't know. I mean, Because I, I just saw a mesh of fur. and I just, didn't even bother like, to well, look. Pork, he's big. That might be all porky. But now I'm thinking he might have had a girl in there. <laughs> That's not what it sounded like. That's a... Very, what is that from? I don't know. Blake? Blake, do you have an idea of where that sound even came from? Uh, Alex Stone made that sound once upon a time. I don't know why. Wow. <clears throat> We're going to have to make sure Alex never comes on the show again. Heck of a ride. Yeah, I guess Wow. It um, oh, you know what? He was talking about the Blue Angels. 
He was talking about riding with the Blue Angels. That second noise, the first one was from that too? Yes. Oh, he was man. talking about controlling your breathing to make sure that you don't black out while you're, uh, while you're in the airplane. That's all. Hey. If you, by the way, if you are down in that area in San Diego County along the coast there, at Torrey Pine State Natural Preserve, for example, mm-hmm. and you feed a squirrel, you can be fined $250 for your first offense. They catch you doing it again, and it's up to a grand, Amy King. $1,000. Why are you looking at me? Yeah, well, you seem like offense. a squirrel sympathizer. I love squirrels. See? I knew it. I profiled <laughs> correctly. Do you feed that thing downstairs? No. Okay, good. No, but I did feed one in my backyard last week. Mm. Amy, you, you cannot just, do that. Hey, why don't you I'm just not lay nearly... out a couple of bed sheets and a candle or something like that? I... Stop it. I'm not nearly as bad as my friend who feeds the raccoons. There were some Oh, squirrels. yeah, those are mean but little, cute. little uh, animals. I've got a raccoon that goes up to my roof to use the bathroom. What? It's like he can't poop. You have poop. a bathroom on your roof? <laughs> Apparently. Uh, and it's like, it's, like this, it's like this raccoon cannot poop unless he goes onto the roof. How adorable is that? It's not adorable. <laughs> Come right. on, it's cute. We, we didn't get to the PSA about the hawks, but we can get, get to that coming up after Amy's news. All right. We'll do all of that. We have an update on some uh, some of our trending stories. The bottom of next hour, we're going to get into Swamp Watch. Lana Zak is going to join us to talk about the expulsion of these Russian agents in the United States and Market Mondays. We get to say hi again to Rebecca Jarvis. We haven't talked to her in a month because we've been uh, all over the place, haven't we? All right. Don't mm-hmm. feed yeah. the squirrels. None of them. Not even the Easter-colored M&Ms that I forgot once again at home. Sorry. forgot. Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. What else is going on, Blake? Story. Time for What's Happening. The next time you tell us a bird attack story, I want the bird to have actually touched you. <laughs> just for just for our reference. Show me on the doll where the bird touched. The me. Trump administration has expelled. You're out of here. 60 Russian diplomats today ordered Russia's consulate in Seattle to close. This is a punishment on Russia for its uh, alleged role in poisoning that ex-spy in Britain. The Russians preemptively responded to the threats through a series of social media messages before it was officially announced. In fact, late last night, they said, Strategic stability of the entire world depends on U.S.-Russia relation. They should not be taken hostage by clearly staged stories. We'll find out all the latest coming up in Swamp Watch when we go live to Washington, D.C. Did you see the story about the uh, cougar that was loose in Azusa this morning? Yes, I did. Very cool story. I mean, cool in that nobody got hurt. And if you get to see one of these things up close, I just imagine. Well, there was a woman, Deborah, 65. Deborah Moore is one of the first people to see it this morning. She's walking home from a neighbor's house. She was ironically checking on her neighbor's Yorkie which could have very easily been ham and eggs for this thing. But she's coming home, and she says she sees the the mountain lion standing on her front yard and said, I was stunned and amazed at the beauty. I didn't feel scared. It didn't seem like it was aggressive. We just kind of had a staring contest. I didn't want to take off and have it chase me or something. Now that's the appropriate response. What? Well, Deborah did not run home after dropping her lunch bag. And go find mom. The mountain lion didn't yell at her like the bird yelled at me. She said the mountain lion was the size of a small horse or pony. 
Wow. I don't think that's the case. I saw the I saw the mountain lion in the back of the truck after they tranked it and put it in the back there. We Not- have a, a family friend who was riding his bike up on Glendora Mountain Road, you know, a town over from Azusa, was riding his cycling on Glendora Mountain Road when a mountain lion jumped off the hill behind him and started chasing him down the middle of the street. We, At about 35 miles an hour. <laughs> we learned a couple things uh, from this morning's mountain lion surveillance. Number one, uh, new producer, producer Nick, his favorite animal is a mountain lion. Yes. It is, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. found that out. We also found out that Nick's last name, Viverka, is Czech for squirrel. That is also a fact, yeah. Come on, that can't be true. It's it, true. I swear it's true. Yeah. <laughs> swear that's true. It's not made up. <laughs> This was a terrifying story. Whenever you think about people trapped in a building, uh, it's really hard to get through. And in Russia, in the Siberian city of Kemerovo, there was a fire that swept through a crowded shopping center. The fire exits had been blocked, and 64 people were trapped and killed in this thing. Most of them, they say, believed to be children. Yeah, there was an entire uh, class of school children who died in the fire. But because we're in 2018, everyone has social media accounts. There was a 13-year-old named Maria who posted on an account, we are burning, perhaps this is goodbye. Hers was one of about 30 goodbyes posted by kids who would not log on to their accounts again. One of the girls got through on the phone to her aunt, and uh, the aunt says she told me everything was on fire, that all the doors were blocked. She couldn't breathe. And she says, I told her, take off your clothes, take them to your nose, breathe through them. And the girl replied, please tell mom that I loved her. Please tell everyone that I loved them. There was a uh, a goofier story, definitely, from, from locally. Mad Mike Hughes, a rocket man who believes the earth is flat, Launched himself into the air this weekend before a hard landing in the Mojave Desert. 1,875 feet he made it. I am I suppose you could argue that that's low Earth orbit. But, but you're not going to get up enough speed to make it actually orbit E. Um, after being checked out by paramedics, he said he's relieved. I'm tired of people saying I chickened out and I didn't build a rocket. I'm tired of that stuff. I manned up and did it. He uh, converted a mobile home into a ramp and modified it to launch from a vertical angle so he wouldn't fall back to the ground on public land because that's what's important. And make sure you remember he is a flat earth advocate or advocate. What would you say? Flat earth er? A flat earth. Uh, sure. Flat earth believer. Yeah, it'd be like being a birther. You're a flat earther. Drunken pilot left about 100 passengers stranded, turned out to be stranded for three days. This was Air Portugal, and it has apologized for leaving all the passengers stranded in Germany. It canceled the flight at the last minute because the co-pilot was wasty. (laughs) It was supposed to go from Stuttgart to Lisbon. An airport staffer noticed the co-pilot walking unsteadily, smelling of alcohol. And so the airport authorities made the decision to keep the plane grounded. All 106 passengers were given hotel rooms to stay overnight. Moving forward, they said uh, that flight uh, TP-523 to Lisbon has been rescheduled for March 26th. No idea why they had to wait two days to get this thing off the ground. Other than It's uh, 18 hours, bottle to throttle, right? (laughs) Uh, You've got a pilot friend. I think it's 12 for a lot. For a lot of people. Oh, is that because your friend likes his beer, so he changed the rule from no, 18 to 12? 
He doesn't do that. Does he? No, he doesn't. Well, every time I've met your friend that's the pilot, <laughs> he's had a beverage. Yeah, but that's like at a Super Bowl party and he doesn't have to fly for four days. I'm just saying. Okay. Every time I've seen that guy, he has had a beer in his hand. Why it is kids can't just get high the normal way. <laughs> why? Why? What are, what are we doing to our well, children, forcing them to find new ways to get wasted? And... Who came up with this idea initially? Like, who picked up this product and said, oh, I wonder if I uh, ingest a bunch of this, it'll get me high. This makes my pain go away. Also, your chance to win $1,000 coming up. Brought to you by Cunning Dental. Meth mouth. Ble- bleeding gums. Perhaps your mouth is on the Bristol stool scale. Call Cunning Dental for a free exam. 888-640-SMILE. Keep gross. listening. We'll tell you how. Oh, my, my, my. Look at that right there. I haven't counted it all yet, but it's a thousand dollars. Nice. Your shot at one thousand dollars now. Text the keyword money to 200 200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's money to 200 200. Don't look now, but the Dow is up more than 600 points. Saw that. 617 points right now, up uh, 2.6%. Rebecca Jarvis is going to join us at 1 o'clock. We'll talk about that and some other business money news that's uh, going on, including uh, the potential for Facebook to take it in the shorts yet again, despite the fact that they took out uh, full-page ads in some newspapers yesterday to apologize. It looks like uh, the the bump on Wall Street is all due to the United States and China saying, "Well, we can talk about this whole tariff thing. Let's just let's just calm down a little bit. We can negotiate." Cooler heads, cooler heads will prevail. Exactly. All right. Here's what the kids are doing these days. Nick and Blake, you're going to have to explain this to me. What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> Your species. Species. Young. Oh, kids. young kids. Yeah. People are now putting bug sprays like Raid and Wasp on type on top of their marijuana and tobacco before they smoke them. The person just sprays the bug spray onto the item, rolls it up, and smokes it. And it doesn't take much for a person to have a severe reaction. What was that? Are you guys? Are you doing guys that getting in there? High? Oh man! See, this is what I was worried about, <laughs> Nicholas. Put that can down. <laughs> Some of the symptoms include, listen to this laundry list. Tell, tell me one of the things you want to feel. Mm-hmm. You guys, you're going to get in trouble. Seriously, someone <laughs> has got to have some maturity in there. Dude, it's great in here, though. Mm-hmm. Catatonic. Okay, here are these symptoms. Catacon- catatonic state. Got it. Unable to walk. Okay. Unable to breathe. Barely able to speak. Like Blake. Vomiting. Mm-hmm. Dizziness. Okay. Severe headache. That's one hell of a drug right there. That sounds like hell. That's one hell of a drug. That's... That sounds like hell. That sounds like you've been hit with a very bad disease of some kind. The only thing that is missing from that list is like a chewing at your own skin, like crocodile or whatever that stuff is. Well, yeah. The fire department captain from Indianapolis who was talking about this, Chris Major, says it's kind of like putting somebody into a zombie state. That where they might be eating the grass that they're lying on or they're tearing at their own clothes. 
Interesting. By the way, the guy's name is Captain Major. I just have I just have a I just have a real big curiosity about why you would even want to chance taking a drug that would make you catatonic, unable to breathe, barely able to speak, make you nauseous and dizzy and severe headache. That that doesn't seem like a fun day to me. That's the thing. It's fun has changed. Oh really? Okay. This is fun now. Right. All right. It just it's, it's like, like it's like dating has changed. It's 2018, guys. Why wouldn't getting high change? Bug sprays on the menu. You guys, let me just say on behalf of the generation that's older than you, that's like 20 bo- years older than the you. The boring generation. If you want to call it that, that's fine. Like we legalized marijuana for you. Okay? We legalized it for you. Maybe now that we have it, right. now we don't want it. Oh, okay. So, so we, we, find, we give it to spray. you, and it's not cool anymore. Yeah. So now you got to get high off a raid. We're doing raid now. Just a little combo pack action. That's all it is. A lot of times people are spraying this uh, these high concentrations of pyrethroids on drugs like marijuana or spice. Please don't do that. And tobacco before they then smoke them. So Blake... Goes and buys a pack of Marlboro 100s. It's likely. Uh, brings them to Nick. Nick sprays on a half a can of Raid uh-huh. right. on a couple of the SIGs. And what are all those cool things that are going to happen to us again? Could you imagine Blake being barely able to speak? I've seen that. I've never seen that. He comes in pretty tired sometimes. In that the does morning, not, up early that and... does not mean he will not speak. Yeah, you just got a couple minutes. A <laughs> couple minutes and I'll get going. Yeah. <laughs> And then that ball rolls down. The drive puts me back to sleep. Got it. Um, the do- Maybe we should get some of this. One of the uh, one of the doctors at the director is the director of Indiana Poison Center at uh, Indiana University. He says this may seem to plague one specific neighborhood, East Side, which is not a great part of Indiana or Indianapolis. Uh, but he says they've treated people of all ages and backgrounds for abuse of synthetic drugs, and anyone can fall, can fall victim to using them. Wait, and, is it just the Midwest that's doing this? No. But this is where it's an epidemic. Come on. What? The Midwest, I think, is pretty well known for boredom adventures and all sorts of crazy things that happen because of it. Yeah, but they are not breaking new ground when it comes to drug use, I'll tell you that. I mean, this yeah, is, they are. They're putting raid on things. Yeah, but th- that's why. I'm, but it is where it's it's concentrated. But I guarantee you, someone right now uh, hearing this is experimenting. We shouldn't have done this. No, we should not have. I, no. you guys I think just you just walked that. right in. We're the now. older, more experienced. For, We're going to guide you through this generation. Can we get some raid for Blake? <laughs> There's, there it is. You don't have to spray it directly in his eyes, though, Nick. Oh, is that not how it works? No. I don't think hey, so. Yeah, he can, it, it works quicker. That God, way. absorbs faster. <laughs> through the blood. Through the eyes. Nick is crying. Uh, so is Blake. Swamp right. Watch when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Swamp Watch. Gary and Shannon, a lot of stuff going on in Washington, D.C. The biggest headline out of there today is the 60 expulsions of Russians. This is in response to the poisoning of a former Russian spy in Britain. 
and puts us in line with a bunch of our allies, 14 Eastern, sorry, 14 European Union member nations uh, announced plans to expel Russians from their countries in solidarity with Britain. They had uh, be, they were the first. Britain expelled 23 Russian diplomats after the poisoning. Canada says it was going to expel a bunch of them. So our expulsion order announced by officials overnight includes 12 people identified as Russian intelligence officers who, for the most part, had been stationed at the United Nations in New York. That also closes the Russian consulate in Seattle. We know that because the White House has said it's pretty close to uh, naval base Kitsap, one of our big sub bases up there uh, with nuclear warheads and submarines and also close to the uh, Boeing facilities there in the Seattle area. Lana Zak has been covering the story, joins us now from Capitol Hill. Lana, what's the latest? Well, the latest is really the number of countries that continue to grow in uh, in standing with the United States, the U.K., in solidarity in expelling Russian diplomats. Now that number, in addition to the United States and the U.K., is up to 19, a total of, of 21 countries now. Um, and we know from Russia that, they, that we should expect that U.S. diplomats are also going to be, uh, be sent home um, as part of their retaliatory efforts. But this is really a remarkable remarkable thing in terms of international politics and really the rest of the international community standing together against Russia. It almost seems like the American media is, I don't want to say underplaying this, but that you mentioned that there. This is a huge international statement against Russia. This is incredible. I mean, one of the countries on this list uh, is Poland. Um, they have uh, they've been an ally of Russia, and they have never taken action to expel a Russian diplomat for something that happened in another country. Um, so for them to do this is really remarkable, and, and not to mention all the other nations and. 60 Russians being told that they have seven days to get out of the United States. This is by far the harshest actions that we've seen come from the Trump administration in terms of uh, repercussions against Russia. It's a, it's a very big deal, though I understand that there are some sexier other headlines that people seem to be paying a lot of attention to today. I, get I know what you're talking about. Russia's ambassador <laughs> to the U.N. spoke briefly to reporters outside a lunch today, and he called this move... Very unfortunate, very unfriendly. Has there been any other reaction from Russia? Well, uh, besides being told that, that we should expect that, uh, that there are going to be repercussions, that the same thing is going to happen to, to American diplomats, um, we haven't heard yet uh, from Russian President Vladimir Putin following um, this action uh, coming from the administration today. But, uh, but he had previously denied that, that Russia had anything to do with the, the nerve agent attack that, um, that uh, was the, uh, the catalyst for all of this. Remember, this happened because uh, Russia was found to be behind the, uh, the poisoning of a former Russian uh, spy and his daughter who were living in, in the U.K. And part of the reason why this was taken so seriously is not just because it was an assassination attempt uh, in another land, but because this was a use of a chemical weapon um, on British soil. And that's something that, uh, that British Prime Minister Theresa May said they simply couldn't abide. Uh, what happens next? I mean, these, this appears to be, uh, you know, the significant move on our part, the significant move on the Europeans' part. Is it possible that Russia retaliates and expels a bunch of diplomats for a bunch of agents, however you want to refer to them, uh, from Russia? Absolutely. 
and, and we should certainly expect it. But it's interesting when we listened uh, to the White House press briefing today here in Washington because um, it's clear that, uh, that while the administration is taking these steps, while, while the government is, is ordering the expulsion of these diplomats, President Trump himself hasn't uh, been uh, – been criticizing Russia today. He's not going on the record with his with his uh, sort of characteristic tough talk, which we which we don't usually hear from President Trump when it comes to Russia. And Deputy White House Press Secretary Raj Shaw um, was trying to thread the needle. He said several times during the press briefing that the United States and that the president want to work with Russia. We want to be collaborative with them, um, but that there are repercussions for their actions. I guess if you if you had to keep score, is this more of a a movement of being friendly to Great Britain and getting keeping, you know, making sure that we have their back in this situation as opposed to a thumb in the eye of Russia? Well, it, it definitely does both. Um, the uh, Out of all of the countries that are expelling Russian diplomats, the United States is at the top with 60. Uh, so we this is not merely a symbolic action, but but really one of consequence uh, and a significant one at that. Um, but it's also really important, uh, certainly from this administration, that they demonstrate when push comes to shove that they do have the backs of our NATO allies. And you'll remember that. Um, that there were some very big questions about whether or not the Trump uh, White House would honor those commitments that have been considered sacro- sacros- uh, sacrosanct sorry, right. uh, for, uh, for so long um, that, uh, that no American president had ever previously even uh, put in anyone's minds a question about whether or not the United States would stand uh, with our NATO allies. And so for President Trump to do this, it's, um, it's less that it's a significant move as much as it is an important one. But a lot of people are saying, well, why did it take so long? You know, and there was so much talk during the campaigns about what NATO allies are, what they what they're doing for us or they're pulling their fair share and all of that. I think at some level there there have been criticisms about President Trump being so delayed to act. Remember, Congress had signed uh, signed legislation about sanctions against Russia eons ago. The Trump administration did not follow through with those until just recently, and then at a very minor level. Um, but but on this. Uh, action today that seems like an unfair criticism of the Trump administration, in part because um, this was a coordinated effort by uh, by many other nations, by the EU, to to all take this action together. And so we've we've seen uh, the we've seen the United States partner with all these other these other nations, and that does in fact take a bit of of time and, and negotiating. Lana, thank you. Thank you very much. Lana Zach there, the latest from uh, Capitol Hill when it comes to these uh, expulsions that were announced because of the Russian poisoning of a former Russian spy in Great Britain. A bunch more to come when we get into a Swamp Watch, including uh, Eric Bowling being considered for a uh, White House post, maybe. And the Trump administration having a, a bit of an issue rounding out its legal team to deal with the Russia investigation. All that's still coming up. Gary and Shannon will continue. She's a California Six seventy-seven now. Looking at the Dow on Wall Street. Coming up after Amy's news at the top of the hour, we will be checking in with Rebecca Jarvis for Market Mondays. Oh wait, 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 wait. Yeah, wait. what? The Stormy Daniels interview continues tonight on CNN with Anderson Cooper. Okay. 
Enjoy that. I wasn't even around for round one. Uh, I, could care. I, I couldn't care any less. It just it kind of infuriated me last night that we weren't learning anything new. And I don't know what I was expecting. All of the stories about Stormy Daniels in the last month have been just reiterating the same They're stuff. They're just trying to keep her in purview. They're just trying to keep her in the public eye. Why? So she can go and do her strip so club tour more? Or? They can depose him about the threat. Hang him up on his own words. Well, President Trump lost his lead attorney for the Russia investigation last week when John Dowd stepped down. And he promptly announced the addition of two more lawyers after saying he was going to hire Ted Olson. Um, That was never going to happen. But it turns out that these two lawyers that he was going to uh, add to his team will not be joining the special counsel legal team because there are some conflicts of interest. Well, one of the guys is um, Joe DeGenova. And Jay Sekulow came out and said he can't. There are conflicts uh, that will prevent Joe DeGeneva and another guy, uh, sorry, another woman, Victoria Tunsing, from joining the special counsel legal team and said that the conflicts do not prevent them from assisting the president in other legal matters, but they do prevent them from being a part of this team specifically, which I thought was kind of interesting. So DeGeneva is a guy who's appeared uh, to accuse the FBI and the Justice Department of trying to frame President Trump with false charges. Did you see, by the way, uh, this was President, um, or sorry, Saturday Night Live a couple of weeks ago. They made fun of The Bachelor. I did not see it. So The Bachelor breakup that everybody remembers with uh, uh, Boneface Bubblehead Ari, and he broke up with the girl that he had already proposed to. It was Robert Mueller coming in and trying to explain to Becca he just didn't have collusion. He didn't have anything to go on. And they may have to go for something. Else. It was a it was a good creative way to. Oh, I'll have to check it out. Um, the other story about uh, personnel changes potentially is that the Associated Press says there is a fifty fifty chance the president will fire the secretary of the VA, David Shulkin. Well, this a, a lot of cleaning house going on. What, what was his misstep? Well, or did they just not get along? Uh, part of it is that they w- were not getting along. The VA said that there are no personnel changes to announce. Raj Shah was handling the White House press briefing today, also said that there are no personnel changes. There was a a report from an inspector general that he had misspent taxpayer money on travel for himself and his wife, which seems to be one of those persistent themes, unfortunately, for a lot of these uh, cabinet secretaries and high-level appointees that they've gotten away with some of the, uh, you know, the basics that you think would not happen. So, but I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say exactly where the report, the AP didn't do a good job of sourcing it. So, but, but again, we thought that HR McMaster story was not going to go anywhere and look at he's, he's out and John Bolton and his mustache are in. John McEntee was one of the people who left the white house in the past couple weeks. This was an aide for the president an aide who was fired over some security issues, unspecified security issues, and then remember within 24 hours, Trump's reelection campaign hired him. This guy's 27. His name's John McEntee, as I said. He's from Fullerton. Actually played uh, football at Servite in Anaheim and then went on to some college ball in Connecticut. But they're saying now this guy has a severe gambling problem. Uh-oh. 
He blew a quarter of a million dollars at one casino last year in Maryland. He's into roulette. He's betting about $4,000 a spin on the uh, pick your favorite number game. (laughs) Four grand? Yeah. And he was picked up to uh, help run the reelection campaign for Trump's 2020 bid. Mm. His role with the campaign is senior advisor for campaign operations. Now, I'm not a businessman or woman. Um, but I would not put somebody in charge of my campaign operations who had a roulette habit. Well, a, a guy like that would never get a security clearance if it were for a White right. House position, not a campaign position, because of that exact reason. The potential for them to be um, held hostage by their financial issues. Exactly. Call it that. Yeah. Uh, Eric Bowling, friend of the show, we interviewed him uh, actually when we were filling in for Handle. Eric Bowling, the former Fox News Channel guy who lost a son to uh, a bad Xanax, basically, while he was in, uh, while he was a freshman at college. And a heartbreaking story about him, but he has denied that he is in talks with the White House for an administration position. He would have been the latest person uh, in the TV to White House pipeline, uh, but he says he's not doing that. He has said before, I think on social media, that he would be willing to uh, work with the president directly. He doesn't want to be an advisor off to the side. He said if he worked with President Trump, he would do so immediately and in a very clear fashion, working with the president to come up with policies on things like opioid addiction, uh, getting the wall built, having pesos pay for it, I think was the term he used. So all of that is... uh, he says not going to happen. Oh, and then finally, just want to end on this one. Mitch McConnell, Senate Majority Leader from Kentucky, has a bill that would legalize hemp as an agricultural product. Not the pot part of it, but the hemp part of it, so that you could make clothes and rope and that sort of thing. And he says hemp has a very rich history in Kentucky, and it's about time we legalize it again. <laughs> so that Blake doesn't have to take to inhaling raid just to get high can you put raid on hemp yes but it's not going to do anything again the hemp that he's talking about is not the hemp that's going to get you high but the raid will still mess me up yes the raid will still yeah boy what are we going to do about that kid mr one half beer Mm -hmm. Mm yeah i had a whole one yesterday Whoa! And you made you made it to work today. Yes. Slow down. Yes, Mister Fast Lane. Crazy. All right. uh, Tech stocks and banks took some bad hits last week. Had a good day today, though. We'll talk to Rebecca Jarvis for Market Mondays when we return to Gary and Shannon. It's Market Monday on Gary and Shannon because everyone loves money and alliteration sounds great on the radio. We're going to have to get into this coming up sometime in the hour. His fight between Geraldo and Megan Kelly. It's a little chippy, isn't it? Surprised. I thought they were friends. Hmm. Know this. All right. Hey, it's Monday. And in the one o'clock hour, we welcome our friend Rebecca Jarvis. We haven't been able to talk to her the last couple of weeks. We've been out filling in for handle. And then there was time thing. And then I had this other thing. Rebecca. I missed you. Oh, my gosh. We missed you, too. Crazy week last week, and today, though, it looks like we're uh, bouncing back here. 
Here we go. This is the definition of volatility. When you look at the stock market right now, Friday, one of the toughest days of the year now today, um, the Dow closing up 669 points. That's on a point basis. That is the third biggest point gain for the Dow in one single day. Um, but basically, when you look at these numbers, it's almost like a wash. What happened on Friday is almost a wash when you look at today's market activity. Yeah, I was looking at just at some of the tech stocks and banks. Bank of America, I believe, lost 4.5% last week and then was climbed 4.4% today. So yeah, it looks it looks like a wash with some of these guys. With some of them. You mentioned the tech stocks. Facebook is not one of the ones where it is a wash. In fact, those <laughs> troubles continue there with the new FTC uh, now looking into the company and what happened with Cambridge Analytica, um, those 50 million accounts that Cambridge Analytica allegedly mined for information during the 2016 election. Um, so as all of that continues to unfold and we expect to hear more, all of a number of face, uh, rather technology executives have now been invited to Washington to talk more about um, what their technology does and how they might be regulated in the future. And frankly, when you look at a company like a Facebook that very likely will be facing regulation in the future. That's fundamental to their business model. Right now, their greatest asset, the greatest value that they have is the information that they collect on you and your activity on the platform. And regulation very likely means that in some way that's going to be restricted, which is why you're seeing um, such a significant sell-off on Facebook, in Facebook shares because what that regulation very likely will mean is potentially a dramatic change in what the business model is and how much information they can collect. Second of all, more people who are thinking about this saying, you know, the hashtag delete Facebook, as you hear more people thinking about that, um, Elon Musk dropping his accounts. Um, and then you hear a number of advertisers who are now also saying we're not going to advertise on the platform. These are pretty big questions ahead, um, existential questions for what happens next, not just to Facebook, because Facebook isn't the only company that's doing this. Google's business is to take information about you and make money on advertising as well. Um, and really, every technology business, part of their business model is to know, in some cases, more about you than you know about yourself. Did you think it was a little old school for them to take out ads in what is called a <laughs> newspaper? Uh, and apologize for the uh, for their for their the missteps. You mean the newspapers that might go out of business someday because no one reads them <laughs> right. anymore? They read everything in their feed on Facebook. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Um, I do think that it's a uh, look. It's an interesting point for where they want to reach people, and it also might say something about the users they think that they can keep on board. Right, older. Newspaper readers. Sure, sure. Uh, well, let's talk about the, one of the reasons that uh, we talked about the the positivity on Wall Street today was this easing. It looks like uh, uh, of tensions between the United States and China when it comes to tariffs, etc. Everything is up for negotiation. I think that's the that's the bottom line with tariffs. We the United States came in with this very hard line stance. Initially, it was on steel and aluminum tariffs. It was going to be this blanket tariff uh, as initially proposed on everyone. Everyone would have to pay it. And though actually, nope, there's going to be a ton of exemptions and a ton of exceptions. And maybe it's only going to be China. And now it looks like we're easing even in this most recent proposal of tariffs. 
that we're easing up on some of the original things we suggested um, we would impose. How's the economy looking in, in, <laughs> in this first quarter? Well, it's not perfect. Um, do I, how much time do I have before our commercial break? It's sort of like a <laughs> like a this and that. Like I'm doing the the hands on the one hand on the other. There, a lot of the original forecasts look overblown. Um, a number of the banks have pulled back what they expect to be. Um, what they expect to see out of the first quarter. At the same time, there's, it, it, you know, you can look at different data points. The jobs report, for example, is showing continued growth. But in manufacturing, um, in GDP, some of those areas that looked like they were in retail spending, some of those areas that looked like they were going to be stronger in Q1, a number of banks have reeled back their estimates on those. So perhaps not as strong as, as many were expecting. But, I mean, if, if but, they, but what, what, what else? What's on the other side of that but? Well, the flip side of the coin is the market is still, even after all of this volatility, the market is still near record highs. Um, corporate America still looking in, like they're having near record profits. One of, the, one of the big questions, and I've sort of been talking about this with you guys now for, I don't know, since I can remember, you have all of these tech companies that have really been so, so strong, that have helped propel the market higher. Now all of a sudden these tech companies are facing major questions about what's going to happen in Washington. Are they going to be regulated differently? If they are, that means they make less money. In addition, we're now in this period of rising interest rates. For the last decade, we basically, and the rest of the world was in the same boat. Central banks kept interest rates very low, 0% record lows, okay? So anyone could go out and get money if they had the right credit score. They could go out and get money to buy a house or a car or expand a business. That world is now in the rearview mirror. You're going to have to pay more money to borrow. And when people have to pay higher interest rates to borrow in general, that means less borrowing, which ultimately means less spending, which means a slower growing economy. And of course, yes, we have corporate taxes now significantly lower, but the way that Wall Street thinks about that is very rearview mirror because the news is already out, so it's already baked into the pie. Well, along those lines about higher interest rates, I know that uh, the world of uh, refinancing is changing. So we'll talk about that when we come back. Also, a sad story about Toys R Us going away, but not all retailers are closing down shop. In fact, some are uh, opening stores this year. Which is good to see. Good to see. All right. Speaking of money, we'll come back with Rebecca Jarvis in just a second. Your chance to win $1,000 is coming right up. Brought to you by Cunning Dental. You got some bleeding gums? Call Cunning Dental for a free exam. 888-640-SMILE. Keep listening. You can also check out Rebecca's uh, video that she's doing right now on Facebook. If you go to Facebook uh, and search for Rebecca Jarvis, you can see her uh, in her office while she's talking to us on the phone. It's pretty cool. Gary and Shanna will continue. more stimulating talk. We are talking to Rebecca Jarvis for Market Mondays. But first. Oh, right. Well, how apropos. I, you're sitting on it. I don't know I how know. it Here, wasn't Let me get it. Here you go. There you go. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword bill.
Bills to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's Bills to 200-200. Alan, be, be clear, she's sitting on a pile of $1,000 that you could win. Yeah. All right. Uh, if, if you text that word and you're the winner, they will give you a call. Might be from a number that you do not recognize. You're going to have to answer it if you win that $1,000. But if you don't, your next chance to win will be next hour during the John and Ken Show. In fact, you have a chance to win $1,000 an hour from 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday right here on KFI. We will get into why the thinking on refinancing is changing. Uh, But first, Rebecca, some good news for some retailers. Uh, Amazon hasn't killed everybody. Um, No, actually, there are some that are out there that are still figuring things out, just like you figured out how to sit on $1,000, which I think (laughs) is beautiful. I love the mental image of you on a pile of money. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the good news is for some retailers, they have figured out, especially in the wake of this Toys R Us news, where you have Toys R Us out closing stores, um, an institution. So many people didn't want to grow up and wanted to be a Toys R Us kid. So uh, retailers are, though, having to grow up and face some some harder issues, which is what's happening with the new stores. So Ulta, for example, is opening 100 new stores this year. Ross stores 100 stores. Warby Parker, the the eyeglass company, they're opening 40 stores. Target's opening stores. Gap is opening stores. And this is the bottom line. The world of retail, and, and most people can see this, is changing dramatically. And if you're going to go into a retailer and actually spend your time, you need to get something extra for that time. And the best retailers are figuring out what that in-store experience should be like and how to really give the customer something more for taking the time and energy to go there. And it's not just about having a store also, it's about where does that store go? Because as anybody who goes to stores still knows, there's going to be some locations that just are not ideal anymore. Whereas there are some where you can go to certain malls in America and they're still booming, whereas some are just pretty much dead at this point. I did find it also interesting that Dick's Sporting Goods is one of those that could see some more stores opening up. And, yeah. they, and they use the idea that uh, in a place like uh, Toys R Us, which is going to be closing down, Dick's is one of those stores, one of those um, models that could go right into uh, something the size of a former Toys R Us building. It's just not so after you saw all those Sports Authority, Sports Chalet, all those yep. places closed down that, right. that Dick's is, is thriving. They're having to figure out new ways. I mean, and you think about it, they, when you go into a Dick's Sporting Goods, 35,000 to 65,000 square feet, that's what the Toys R Us stores in size are. You need to be able to do something when you're there. You need to play with the equipment. You need to be able to see how it all works. That has to be part of the customer experience. And those who have figured that portion of it out, also layering in some new technology into the actual store experience, those are the ones who are successfully uh, doing things. All right, let's talk about this uh, this refinancing issue because fewer and fewer homeowners are going that way. Yeah, because mortgage rates have gone up so dramatically. 30-year fixed-rate mortgage, uh, above 4% now, 45 5% even for a lot of people. And that just means that refinancing doesn't make sense anymore. The days where you could get a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage between 3 and 3.5% if you had great credit, sure, refinancing made sense then. But it doesn't make sense anymore. 
It's just strange because that's always seemed to be one of the big ways that people can save money. They can uh, sort of rejigger their um, their mortgage and eke a couple of hundred bucks out of their mortgage every month. But this is the this is why being in a rising interest rate environment, going back to what we're talking about before the commercial break, this is why being in that type of environment can to some degree, put the brakes on growth. Now, you can't be at 0% forever. It doesn't work that way because at that point, if you stay there forever, then you have potentially rampant inflation and no one can afford anything anymore. But the problem is when rates start going up as they are, at a certain point, people aren't able to find ways to get a little more money out of that mortgage. They're not going to be as willing to uh, take a loan out to spend money either on a home or a car or expanding their business or even going out and doing some shopping on a credit card. And those are the things that that generate growth in the economy. Now, we always want it to be uh, that perfect balance between not too hot and not too cold. And that's why the Fed is hiking interest rates right now, because they don't want it to get so hot and so out of control with prices that people can't afford anything anymore. Hey, what's coming up on the No Limits podcast? We have a great episode dropping tomorrow with Joy Gordon. She's the CEO of an incredible nonprofit called Dress for Success. And her story is interesting, and I'm sure people who are listening right now uh, will feel like this resonates. So if you've ever felt like you were in a job that was meaningless or that wasn't answering to your inner mission statement, that's how she felt. She was a lawyer, and she completely changed course and became the CEO of this nonprofit, which is now international. They, the, the goal of the organization is to dress women who are trying to get back into the workforce so that they can go out and get jobs and feel uh, respect for themselves. They're helped to give them um, suits and things like that that are appropriate for interviews, and they also get mentoring to get back into the workforce to understand what it takes and really just to put your best foot forward. So it's a really awesome nonprofit, and she has this cool story herself that, like I said, I think is going to resonate with people because you have to understand that you know, maybe you're in a place in your own career in life where you think, is it time to make a change? She walks us through how she decided to do it. Excellent. Rebecca, thank you once again. Thank you, guys. I've missed you, and I'm so glad to talk with you again. Hopefully us next too. week, too. Yes, indeed. All right. Rebe- thank you. Rebecca Jarvis there. You can follow her at Rebecca Jarvis on Twitter. And you can find her on Facebook and watch the video as well. And uh, we will throw that link up to the No Limits podcast on our website. If you go to KFIAM640.com, use the keyword Gary and Shannon. We come back, we're going to revisit that March for Our Lives, the story from over the weekend, the big story, because there's still some sort of um, trailing things that have come out of that that are causing some reaction. Some fake news yeah, as well. All right. All of that's coming up. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. I want to wake up. Covered a lot today. If you want to check out the podcast, you can go to KFIAM640.com. Use the keyword Gary and Shannon. We have uh, all the podcasts from previous shows on there that you can check out. Including talking about what it is that Gavin Newsom wants. His number one election wish. John Cox. Oh. Is that what he wants? Mm -hmm. Oh, did I just give that away? Yeah. Thanks for... uh... I'm sorry. Do you want off to, on that tease a little early. Do you want to pick something else yeah. that I won't ruin? Um, what squirrels? Is, squirrels is good. Squirrels. 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 And 
Which one of the members of our show has a name that means squirrel? Right? That's a good one. That is a good one. Um, one of the big stories from the weekend was the March for Our Lives protests that took place throughout the United States and, in fact, in several other countries as well. And uh, we have said this. I mean, if you don't have to you don't have to agree with some of the political positions that were taken this weekend to appreciate the activism, I think, that these kids are taking part in. I will say, on my behalf, I felt like there is a good thing. The more people get involved in the electoral process in the United States, the better. And the sooner we can get people involved in the electoral process, I mean, in their age, I think the better. The more people that pay attention, the fewer people who will be fooled by anybody who wants to infiltrate an election. You know, if more people paid attention to the campaign in 2016, there wouldn't be as many people that were fooled by fake news on Facebook. Yeah. If you actually just paid attention. So to see this new groundswell of of paying attention with this generation is great to see. Will it will it result in any sort of change? Will the momentum keep going into the midterms and and actually enact change? And of course, change will take a long time. And when it comes to guns, like we've talked about numerous times, the oversaturation level in this country means that it will be a century before if that is that what if that's what your end game is for there to be fewer guns or to change the way we think about guns as a country. Um, that's going to take a long time. But what will happen with this momentum? I don't know. Um, one of the fake news stories that came out of the March for Our Lives was a doctored animation of that Parkland shooting survivor, Emma Gonzalez, ripping the U.S. Constitution up. It went viral on social media. The tweet gathered 1,500 retweets, about 3,000 likes. It was a fake. She was not ripping up the Constitution. No, it was from a video that she did where she actually tore up a target, like a shooting target. But it was a large piece of paper. And somebody superimposed an image of what looked like the Constitution on there to make it look like she was ripping that up. It's it's one of those things that is clearly a fake. If you've seen it and you have a half an eye for this thing... You could tell that it was fake. But so many people want to believe this BS that is shared over and over again. This this goes back to when she and David Hogg were accused of being the actors that would go around and take advantage of politically sensitive events in an attempt to push one particular political action. This is it's frustrating. Um, there was a. One actor, a guy named Adam Baldwin, I've never heard of him, I don't know why he's an actor. He has a verified Twitter account. He tweeted this animation to a quarter million of his followers. And I can't, I don't I don't even know how many of them actually believe that that was a real thing. But they're going to pass it on and, you know, and they're going to accuse this girl once again of being some sort of political hack because she wants to tear up the, she wants to tear up the Constitution, which is fake. I mean, it's not real. Remember the Eagles of Death Metal? They were on uh, they were on stage in November 2015 when that attack happened at the at the Paris Theater. Jesse Hughes is the frontman of Eagles of Death Metal, 
And he shared that photoshopped image of uh, of Emma Gonzalez on Instagram, calling her the awful face of treason. It was according to The Guardian. Hmm. I don't know if I'd go that far. He penned his tirade in the caption of an Instagram post that mocks gun control. He says, obviously, full tongue-in-cheek here, Obviously, the best thing to do to combat chronic abusers and disregarders of the law, like the law against murder, is to dot, 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 pass another law. Genius. But before we pass this law, we're going to denigrate the memory and curse ourselves by exploiting the deaths of 16 of our fellow students and teachers for a few Facebook likes and some media attention. This almost sounds like the plan of a kid, maybe, like a high school student. Oh, wait, that's right. The Whitney Houston song about letting the children lead the way wasn't actually an operating paradigm for life. Hmm. Here's here's the thing. Two people can go through horribly similar circumstances, right? I mean, this guy saw a uh, hundred people die in front of him, including a close friend and his uh, merchandise manager for the band. And one of the worst terrorist attacks that we've seen in the last 10 years and he reacts to it completely differently than a school shooting where 17 people are killed, many of them children. And his argument is passing more laws is not going to change all of this. Just a very strange reaction to what it is that I, I didn't think a lot of people would see it that way or that they would take his uh, his comments that way. But Can we talk about this Geraldo story? This is kind of fun. It is kind of fun. I didn't know he had such an axe to grind. Well, he's out with a new book, and uh, uh, in it, he talks about a bunch of stuff, including his, remember that selfie he took from the shower? Yeah. Hey, girls. Or guys, I don't know what you're looking for. Um, but he also goes after Megan Kelly and says that she was the reason for Roger Ailes' downfall. Well, not, wasn't, not Ro- meat. wasn't Roger Ailes and his uh, handling of the hamburger meat? The reason for his downfall? Well, you and I know that, but apparently Geraldo doesn't. Anyway. I saw Geraldo on television recently. He looked tiny. Or is it just the mustache got bigger? What's going on there? I don't know. John Bolton's bringing it back again, baby. We'll come back and do that uh, new Geraldo story when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Stormy Daniels has filed a defamation suit in L.A. federal court against Trump's attorney, Michael Cohen. What? He, I think, said something to the effect of she's not telling the truth. We'll see where this goes. This this story needs to make its way into the dustbin of history soon. Fox News correspondent Geraldo Rivera has written a book called The Geraldo Show. And Daily Mail has checked it out. Gosh, can you believe how frank he is in this thing? I mean, some of these things are embarrassing to admit, aren't they? It's hard to tell exactly how much of this book is made up of his relationship with Megyn Kelly. But there's a lot in there. I mean, she's the one who gets a lot of uh, publicity anyway for Fox News and now her time with NBC. Especially because of her... um, the 
what's the conversation? It's not the right word. The situation that she found herself in after that first Republican debate. Well, and Geraldo talks about in his book how he took sides with President Trump or Donald Trump at the time because Donald Trump put him on television more than Megyn Kelly had him on. Yeah, this is crazy. Remember, she asked him right out of the gate, how could you refer to women as fat pigs, slobs and animals and still be and still want to become the president of the United States? And he said that's when she was bleeding out of her ears or her whatever. And I mean, basically rose her status and and showed uh, the rest of us what the president was going to do. He wasn't going to take something like that without fighting back. Geraldo writes, I was conflicted throughout. My dilemma was that Trump is a closer friend than Megan. In person, she's smart and funny with a terrific husband and wonderful family, but she rarely booked me on her show. What a petty little whiny baby. Yeah. To judge somebody based on if they put you on their show or not. In contrast, aside from my knowing the guy forever, because, you know, Don and I go back, Trump and I had just done Celebrity Apprentice together. Together uh, consistently for six weeks, just a couple of months before he began his run for the White House, he gave me the benefit of the doubt on the show. Trump puts me on television a lot more than Megyn Kelly does, I told friends to explain my initial ambivalence and relatively tepid support of what later became clear was an incredible brave stance by Megyn. Can I just pull the car over? Go ahead. The fact that he thought that way, talked that way, and then wrote a book about it shows me that he has zero perspective about how shallow you sound when you say, well, so-and-so put me on television more. Well, it's interesting because he does then say that what Megan did in response to all of this, the way that she held up her head, the way that she powered through, she didn't take it, she didn't back down. He said that Kelly showed strength and courage, refused to back down or lose her elegance. Megan catapulted herself into the first tier of political journalists. So... I mean, it's just it's a weird that's a weird place to end up after you go through and explain you didn't like her and you didn't like that. And you felt slighted because she didn't book you on her show. And and if you remember the whole thing about uh, Megyn Kelly being the least vocal when the allegations came out about Roger Ailes, that was what is it? June of 2016, I think it was. When Gretchen Carlson accused him of sexual harassment, that was right before uh, accusing Roger Ailes of sexual harassment. That was right before the the uh, convention. And Megyn Kelly was going to be front and center for all of the Fox News coverage for the Republican National Convention. She was sort of the face of the Me Too movement before it was the Me Too movement. Everybody was curious about how she's going to react to uh, then candidate Trump getting the nomination. She, he's the one who said bad things about you. And he's the one who hates women. And you're the one. Why didn't you say something about Roger Ailes at the time? And Geraldo Rivera comes out and says that during the period of high drama and profound flux, I was especially impatient that Megyn Kelly didn't back the man who made her a star thinking that Megan was being selfish and was in it only for herself and that there was a boycott Megan movement that started within her ranks. Well, no wonder she didn't book you on her show, you dummy. He also talks about that nearly nude selfie of himself to mark his 70th birthday five years ago. He says he has no regrets. He writes that it became a big deal when it went viral, but happily nobody got hurt. I didn't get fired. His wife, Erica, who is less than half his age, He's 74, she's 43. 
that she de-escalated the situation. At the time, Erica tweeted, this is exactly the kind of thing that happens when I fall asleep first. Thank God we have towels in the bathroom, but I'm proud my husband looks so hot. That's funny. But I think uh, I think my wife would have tried to oh, smooth man. over if it you, like something oh, like that. I don't know. I, what do you think would happen if like... She'd break Shan- my phone. Yeah. Like Shannon wakes up. She's like scrolling through Instagram or whatever. And she sees you half naked <laughs> in your bathroom posing. I would love to hear that conversation. No. Like how would that go? How would that go? Well, I'm I'm still I want to know what it would take for me to take a picture of myself like that in the bathroom with the, just the towel covering up my uh, bathing suit parts. You mean and send it? Yeah, and I we'll, mean because you you and, take pictures of yourself all the time, yeah, but yeah, but not no no. And what do you what uh, just to revisit this picture once again because I have a copy of it right yeah, here. Is there one thing that there's one thing <laughs> about that picture specifically that strikes me as unusual? Anything to you stand out? Uh, the size of his phone? No. The fact that he put his glasses on to take the picture. Oh. That's the part that was weird to me. Yeah. You took everything else off. Yeah. But you put your glasses on just to take well, the picture. Well, he's 70. He needed to be able to see that. But, I mean, look, I, he's 70. Yeah, no, it's great. Well, he's a little he's guy. He's health. he's five nine. Health is important, I guess. So I think hmm. is he a smoker? Uh, I don't think he is now, but I know he was. He, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. But he, his wife, you mentioned this. She's forty three. He's seventy. Five. He's seventy four. Seventy four. The picture. They met when, when she was, was twenty five and he was fifty seven. Yeah, doesn't make it any better. He it says they sense. fell in love at first sight. Nope. My that not, bottom. That is not true. <laughs> There's no way nope. that happened. All right. You know who knows a lot about Geraldo and has been very tight lipped about all of this. Um. Jane Wells. Jane Wells. I'm just assuming. I don't know if she knows a damn thing about. That. I think she. They used to work together. Yeah. yeah CNBC. CNBC. I assume so. I remember Jane saying that he was a gentleman. If I'm not mistaken. Well, I know somebody else who worked with him and said that he was wonderful. Yeah. Deborah, you've. Worked I did. With him? I oh. did. I did news on uh, his talk show many many years ago. He was always very nice to me. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've only heard nice. I've only things heard about good him. things. Yeah. I mean, this whole story about him and 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 having uh, even semi negative feelings towards Megyn Kelly is news. I mean. It just seems improper it for just, him to... It just seems like one of those things you would keep to yourself, not talk about or write a book about. Yeah. But hey, what do I know? Honesty is uh, the best policy. Is it? Mm, sometimes. All right. John and Ken coming up next. Don't forget your chance to win $1,000 coming up in a few minutes as well. We'll see you tomorrow. It's like, I don't want to hear what you have to say about my shirt. You don't want to know. Yeah. Stay dry, everybody. That's it. That's it. That is it. Gary and Shannon.